Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. For the who is it? So he so you don't get to do this to me. <laughs> I get to do this to you. No, this is I took no, the, my confirmation. This is this is one of my favorite all, my all time favorite, favorite songs. Stone songs. Oh my god, all the yeah. Stone songs. They're so great. You've seen them in concert, right? I have. I saw yeah. Steel Wheels. That's I right. I saw Steel Wheels too, and they came out and like it. There was this is my favorite song to see oh, live. This yeah. was amazing. I, I, and then a big I'm, blow up huge, honky tonk women threw that's me. Right, that was that's awesome. right. Yeah. Um, huge fan of Paint It Black and Satisfaction. Because I happen to know all right. the words of satisfaction. If you'd been at a Christmas party, you would have seen me karaoke it. I forgot. <laughs> you did that karaoke. Yeah, I'll did. definitely be at the next Christmas party. Oh, man, party. that's fun, though. We need to have a karaoke party. You know what? Everybody sure. from News Radio that listens to the 5 o'clock hour. 512. Yeah. Oh, I'll shut up. 512 here on News Radio 92.3. Happy Pensacon. Uh, Pensacon's Happy today. Pentagon. All weekend, of course. What a blast. Uh, all the next, Airbnbs are rented out. That's right. Love you, it. You, good luck getting a room, especially since we haven't had a grand hotel in three years. Um, oh, that's still yeah. the craziest thing to me. I don't. I, people periodically ask me what's going on with the hotel, and I'm like, I, you know. The, the official word is we're renovating. You know, how long? Have <laughs> you, know, how long have you ever g- stayed at the Grand Hotel or eaten there no. or anything? Okay. It's really, really great. Like Sometimes people just go get a room because it's like so fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In town, it's like a little getaway, and it's weird no, not we have being kids. able to do that. In, that's in, why in, people do it. In, <laughs> that's probably why people do it. But, maybe you're uh, the food there. is great. I'm not a drinker. Much, I mean, I've, I've been in, amazing. you know, to, for of events course, and to the bar and things like that, but no, never actually stayed in the hotel, and uh, maybe never will, because you know God only knows. They got to get it up and working. Right. It's it's one of Pensacola's jewels. So one of the more interesting things that I uh, paid attention to this week was actually a speech given by Carlos Del Toro. Anybody? Anybody? Secretary of the Navy, Carlos Del Toro. No, it's but it's Secretary of the Navy. Yeah, but he hasn't been that long, and you know he's not like a name that makes it into the news an awful lot. He was at the West 2024 conference in San Diego, talking about you know current and future status of the Navy. And I'm going to share this with you a bunch this morning because uh, obviously we're a Navy town, okay? And I, if you're you know in the military, you should care. And if you're you know just not in the military, you still might be retired. A lot of retired folks here, but also this stuff matters for the future of Pensacola because we're so heavily tied in with the economy of uh, the Navy, obviously between Whiting and NAS Pensacola and Corey Station. And, uh, you know, we're very, very uh, intimately connected with the Navy. And, of course, you know, other elements of it as well, but that's the primary one. Anyway, so um, here's here's some of the stuff that he was saying. Oh, I got to plug that thing in. That's what happens there. Cord. Well, here, let me do traffic. <laughs> this is brought to you by Meth and Alligators. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. no. I, You know, I actually I actually have that sound clip. Oh, good. We're going to talk about that. Oh, no, my God. Yeah, at least I need the ringtone. That's Jeff. right. We'll talk later. Um, anyway, back to where I was uh, just a moment ago failing to do my job properly. Um, Carlos Del Toro, Secretary of the Navy at the West 2024 Conference. On the topic of the budget, I will tell you that I believe that everyone in Congress understands we need a fleet that's ready to fight at any moment. A quick look at recent headlines is enough to convince even the most skeptical that we need to be prepared today to meet the threat that we may face today 
or tomorrow. I hope that's true, because if so, that would certainly be good for us. Again, so heavily dependent on Navy budget issues. Under my first enduring priority, strengthening maritime dominance, our top priority continues to be getting the nation's new sea-based strategic deterrent, the Columbia-class of ballistic missile submarines, built on time and on schedule. Expanding the industrial base, both public and private, to increase our capacity to build and repair ships, as well as developing the industrial workforce that's needed to support a growing Navy. And we know that that's been a challenge these past few years. And hopefully, as we come here out of COVID, we'll only get better and better at doing that. Okay, so, you know, building the Columbia and rolling that out, Columbia class, nuclear subs, uh, our next generation deterrence through 2080. Then also, um, the, you know, Shipbuilding capacity is something that uh, is relevant here. We have Austell right down the road in Mobile. We have uh, other shipbuilding elements. I mean, we don't build Navy ships right here, but uh, they are close enough to us. And, you know, the cutters that are being built, what, in Panama City, you know, those are being stationed here. Or, you know, there are, you know, the Coast Guard stuff that's stationed here. Um, so there are sort of secondary elements that are relevant here and training the workforce. You know, that, that um, you know, uh, productive capacity is one of the things that industrial capacity is one of the big priorities for kind of everybody, but particularly for the military, as we saw with Ukraine, the problem is, you know, if we get ourselves into even uh, helping a conflict, it pretty quickly diminishes our store of resources and we don't exactly have quick ramp up capacity to replace them. That's a challenge for us. Uh, also, investment of some outdated systems which are no longer viable in the high end fight, including our older LSDs and some cruisers as well. And then finally, increasing our focus on cyber from a readiness posture standpoint as a warfare designator. Probably one of the probably the biggest thing that he was talking about in this speech was uh, that whole issue of ships, right? For our folks here uh, and their involvement with ships and the old platforms going away because they really, really are old. I mean, he was telling stories about like there's a crane on one of the ships that's been non-functional for like, I don't know, three or four years, he said, and they just can't find a part, can't find anybody to fix it, don't know what to. It's just, you know, just sitting there, not usable. On a, I mean, this is on a warfighting ship, right? So that's not good. But the main competitor, the main peer that we're always thinking about, of course, is China. And their Navy, um, it's big, bigger and getting bigger, right? As you know, we are being challenged both economically and militarily. In the past two decades, the People's Republic of China has more than quadrupled its export trade and used its growing wealth and economic power to rapidly expand and modernize its military as well as its navy. Today, they have approximately 340 ships and are moving towards a fleet of 440 ships by the year 2030. The PRC's apparent disregard for the sovereignty of our airspace has made headlines over the past few days and weeks but its disregard for the rules-based international order over the past decade or more is particularly troubling in the maritime domain, from the Taiwan Straits to the very high seas themselves. The PLA Navy is conducting active, aggressive maritime activities in the South China Sea that have the potential to undermine our system of international law, including the freedom of the sea, which is a foundational U.S. Interest. And one of his big talking points was not just the importance of continuing to build ships. And he outlined several of the uh, you know classes of ships that we're building, like that Columbia class uh, nuclear ballistic submarine. 
and uh, like the Constellation class missile frigates that are kind of replacing the um, uh, the missile destroyers. They're just a little bit smaller than them. Um, and you know the Ford class of carriers, which is perhaps the most relevant to us because we train the pilots and the maintainers who are going to work on the carriers and work on the aircraft there. But in any case, um, one of the problems that we're running into is like, for instance, from Ukraine, we've discovered how behind we are in our capacity to weapon up if we get ourselves into a conflict or if in this case we get ourselves into shipping arms to somebody else who's in a conflict we just you know you got to have the ability to rebuild what you use up and remanufacture what you use up and we just don't have that right now but it's it's bigger than this like just basic infrastructure stuff when it comes to replenishing the fleet or building new fleets so that we can mothball old fleet that really shouldn't be out there any longer Another area of improvement is public shipyard performance. Our significant investment in the SIOP program is modernizing our four aging public shipyards by optimizing facilities and infrastructure as well as increasing dry dock capacity and capability. And I will tell you, I'm so damn proud of our CNO and the entire Navy leadership coming up with this, you know, get real, get better strategy. This is what it means. Our dry docks are over 100 years old. Our shipyards, in many cases, the infrastructure on those shipyards hasn't been upgraded in 65 years. If we're going to get better as a Navy, as a military, as a nation, we've got to get real about the infrastructure problems that we face. Meanwhile, China's been building those, right? Or at least that's, I'm going to remember, I didn't do the quick backup research, but what I recall is them having made tremendous investments in, particularly in shipbuilding, right? That they, have, they are building this capacity and we're using 100-year-old shipyards. Not great. He wants to put us on a 30-year replenishment cycle and replacement cycle, and it's also part of why running these continuing resolutions for the budget in Congress is so bad because it continually puts the military in a position where every year they have to ask, how about now? And instead of being able to plan for the future, but he wants us on a 30-year plan, which, again, it's one of these, like, the byproduct of having constantly changing leadership in Congress is it's hard to know what something like the military can plan for long-term, right? But... You've got to be able to plan long term for the military. And yet, if you keep changing leadership, you know, and the winds blow one way and then the other way and you don't have good, you know, you don't have budgets essentially to work with. All of these are challenges for the military. And he's basically said, look, we got to tell Congress what we need. They are willing and we've got to have a plan. And again, a lot of this speech was about developing that plan, implementing that plan. So I was very encouraged by this speech. There were some things specifically relevant to uh, naval aviation that I'll share with you a little bit later. But um, I found it encouraging. I think he's a sharp guy. He's a businessman who's been brought, you know, with the Navy background, but he's been brought into the Navy from the world of business. I think he thinks about these problems like a businessman does. And is, he seems like a good guy. You know what I mean? He doesn't just seem like the smart guy, the, the, the you know, the cable guy. He seems like his heart's in the right place, which is always a nice thing when you've got somebody leading the military um, and, you know, cares about the whole scope of issues that uh, affect our military readiness. 521 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. And if you're looking at that next vehicle, Frontier Motors. Listen, uh, maybe you go to four or five places. That's fine. I mean, I don't think you have to. You can get all of those places in one at Frontier. But let's say maybe you try several. At least be sure to include Frontier. And then kind of compare how that experience goes. Because one of the things I love about Frontier is I think their idea is we're going to figure out what people don't like about buying cars and we're going to not do that stuff. And we're going to do it differently. Like I know whenever I've bought a car in the past, I've always felt like, okay, so we talk about the price and then we haggle and then we settle on an agreement. And then like, okay, and here's the extra four things that we didn't include before the this fee and this, you know, like 
it always feels scuzzy, and it feels like when you get done, you're like, man, I barely got out of there with my life, and I don't feel good about it. At Frontier, the exact opposite. They give you a sheet with all the prices on it, everything, and then at the bottom is a number, a total. That's the only thing you ever talk about. And when you get all done, if you want to write a check for that number, you're done. That's it. There's no changes. If you want to get a loan for that number, of course, you do that fine, too. But the point is, it's simple. It's straightforward. It's not, you know, some mystical curtain and smoke and all that kind of stuff. It's just honest. Good quality used cars, one, two, three years old, low miles, great condition. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them that Andrew McKay sent you. VIP Care is bringing better health to the Pensacola community February 27th and 28th. Both days they'll be on hand at the University Town Center from 9 a.m. till noon, where they'll have giveaways, raffles, and we'll be answering all of your primary care questions. VIP Care specializes in primary care for Medicare Advantage members. They proudly accept Florida Blue Medicare, as well as most insurance plans in the county. Come see VIP Care February 27th and 28th. You deserve better health. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years, and we'd love to help you. For matters in Tennessee, visit CordellCordell.com. 200 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, Suite 1000, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37402. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Hey, Dak Prescott here. Why do I choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because better sleep elevates my game. Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed helps me fall asleep faster, keeps me cool, and effortlessly adjusts for my best sleep. That's more focus, more edge, and more highlights. And that means more wins for all of us. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing. Ends Monday. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. All of your local news and talk from dependable host Andrew McKay on your morning drive with Pensacola Morning News 5 to 9 on News Radio 923. Throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. All right, quick, Candy. Uh, you're Walking Dead watcher, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, was, yeah. Most memorable scene from The Walking Dead, go. Come on. Just uh, one. Yeah, God. Uh, Glenn. Uh, oh, my gosh. Another dude. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch Walking Dead? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that broke my heart. Yeah. Here, yeah. That was. I, and it was the, uh, who was the girl? Who was the young girl? Maggie? No, 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 no. The, the, oh, the, the, the girl. The, 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 uh, the barn. The barn scene. Or like season one, that was. Oh, that was good too. Yeah, it's brutal. been it's been years yeah. since I've seen it, but I, I love Walking Dead. It was so that was another show that Pens- I called in sick to watch. Oh, Pensacon, Pensacon, yeah, Pensacon. Talking about all the, you know all the stuff today is Pensacon related, all the bumpers and the clips. So, oh. uh, which of course, what isn't I'm Pensacon related? Out with my movies? songwriter. Anyway, yes. Cool. I get to go through all the bumpers. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David. Abortion pill access in America could be halted by a judge's ruling in Texas. A group of anti-abortion doctors are now asking a district court judge in Amarillo to vacate the FDA's approval of the abortion pill uh, Mifepristone. The group is claiming that the drug was improperly approved by the FDA back in the year 2000. First Lady Jill Biden is in Kenya today, part of a two-day visit to Africa that included a stop in uh 
Namibia yesterday. The First Lady's visit is a, a big part of the Biden administration's reaction to China and Russia's wooing of African countries. And you watched the Rihanna halftime show in the Super Bowl, right? We didn't. Did you think it was too sexy? No. Uh, no, I thought it was pretty standard for Super Bowl shows. I mean, the one part where she, like, grabs herself and then smells it or whatever. And, that, you know, that was minorly over the top compared to anything else. But, I mean, certainly, you know, we've seen worse. So, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I've, I've, I'm thinking it was fairly mild compared Shakira. to the Shakira. Shakira, 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 yeah, Shakira was well, way more. Yeah. Apparently, you know. it's gotten a lot of complaints because people thought it was too sexy. According to TMZ, the FCC Why, is she's gotten, black and pregnant? <laughs> the FCC I mean, oh, honestly, right. come on. Hey, say slower More yeah than right 100 <laughs> complaints wow 400 uh, i'm not yeah. i mean whatever I, I said i said this at the time i thought it was a good show I, I thought it was a little bit long and repetitive of the theme you know like they kept doing the same football theme no i mean <laughs> had, but the, the platform but no i mean <laughs> you know if you if you complain about this which I, you know look you can have a moral standard and say look these things are outside of what i think should be on broadcast tv i understand that perspective um but at the same time you know where has the NFL been for the last 10 years? Well, at least here. <laughs> you know, right? right? At, at least here. Uh, all right, David, thanks so much for the update. 527 here on News Radio 923. Um, yeah, I, I, and frankly, I thought, just me personally, um, I loved the fact that you had a pregnant lady being sexy and active and fun and, you know, I mean, obviously lip syncing, but who cares? That's always. Um, I don't know. That. You know, I I think our uh, our society does an awful lot to say we you know we love kids and pregnant women, but just don't show them to us. <laughs> you know, like yeah, right? let's not have breastfeeding too much. Let's not. Oh, you know, can can pregnant women be beautiful? Yeah, they're gorgeous. You know, I mean, just I, I think that's kind of a problem we have. So to that degree, I actually thought it was useful. It, you know, showing that I don't know, pregnant women can be beautiful and sexy and active and. Whatever. 437-1620, We do have a very uncomfortable and awkward relationship in our culture. On the one hand, you know, really overemphasizing sexuality and certain kinds of body styles, right? And then turning around and being kind of like, ah, but let's not think about those consequences. <laughs> you know, let's not, my, one of my one of my all-time favorite, I don't know why I'm going on about this. It just captivates my, my interest. I remember one time, one of my favorite, like, did you realize kind of moments we were in a mall, my wife and I were walking around and um, on one side of the mall was the Victoria's Secret store. Okay. One side of the mall was the Victoria's Secret store. Directly across the mall from the Victoria's Secret store was the like maternity and me, whatever. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the store, but it was a maternity store. And I'm like, oh, see, look, <laughs> actions, consequences. That's perfect. There you go. 528 on News Radio 92.3. That's you- why they should always put those things with the uh, baby stuff. That's right. That, that it, guys use to not get ladies pregnant. These okay, are sorry. all these are all part of the package. So Absolutely. Hey, if you uh, would love to have that better looking lawn come this summer, the time to start thinking about that is now. NSEC's Healthy Lawn Program will make your lawn healthy, lush, and help to keep weeds to a minimum. They provide eight annual applications, timed, programmed, and targeted to get your lawn what it needs when. That's the key. When it needs it. It's easy to get started with a free lawn analysis and an estimate. Of course, it doesn't cost anything to have them come out and look at what it would be, uh, what it involved. Your initial soil sample will indicate amendments needed for your particular lawn and a plan for your individual lawn success. 
You'll get fertilizer applications with each standard service visit, along with seasonal pre-emergent weed control, broadleaf and grassy weed control, insect control, and fungicide applications. Also, Insects Healthy Lawn Program, they offer aeration, sod, plugging, and even recommend grass types for your particular lawn. Sign up today, get your first application free with any new annual lawn contract. That includes an initial soil sample and lime treatment on an average size yard. And also, NSEC is hiring. So if you're looking for a career in lawn or pest control, Pensacola, Mobile, Baldwin County, Panama City, great pay and benefits, 401k, health insurance, a career, not just a job. You can apply at Work with NSEC, E-N-S-E-C dot com. Very foggy. Please drive carefully. David, what do you have coming up, sir? A new bill filed. We'll tell you about it after Fox. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. There are ceremonies in Ukraine today marking one year since the Russian military invasion. Memorials and candlelight vigils are being held to honor tens of thousands of fallen Ukrainians. Monuments around the world lit up in Ukraine's colors of yellow and blue, and a group of activists have painted a giant Ukrainian flag outside the Russian embassy in London. Fox's Jill Nato. Another state legislature votes to ban transgender-related care for anyone under 18. This potential law would ban and even penalize doctors for things like prescribing puberty blockers and hormones. Similar bills have also advanced in Nebraska, Mississippi, Oklahoma, and South Dakota. It's next up to Tennessee Governor Bill Lee to see if he'll sign it. The Republican has voiced support for this bill. Fox's John Saucier. There are blizzard warnings for the Southern California mountains, the first ever issued by the San Diego National Weather Service office. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. Cloudy, foggy, 70 degrees right now in Pensacola. An Escambia County woman was hit by a car on West Michigan and Memphis Avenues last night. She's been identified as a 30-year-old woman. FHP says the vehicle that hit her appears to be a gray Acura. Right now, no word on that woman's condition. A bill has been filed that aims to protect parents during custody exchanges. It's being called the Cassie Carley Law, in honor, of course, of the Navarre mother that was killed after meeting her ex-boyfriend, Marcus Spanavello, for a custody exchange in Navarre last year. The law would require all Florida counties to provide safe locations for custody swaps. Those locations would be equipped with a 24-hour surveillance system, and a purple light that would signal it is a safe spot. Carly's fam- Car- Cassie Carly's family held a candlelight vigil last night to support this new bill. They're hoping it can make it through the legislature during this upcoming legislative session. State prosecutors say charges are being dropped for several defendants in a high-profile murder case. News Radio's Joe Ford has more. State Attorney Ginger Madden's office announced that they had filed a nolly prosequi in the cases against Kobe Jenkins, Timothy Knight, and Terrell Parker. They had been three of five men charged in the fatal shooting of Ladarius Clardy back in July of 2021. In dropping the charges, prosecutors explained that the legal standard to prosecute requires a greater standard of proof beyond and to the exclusion of reasonable doubt. At this time, the evidence does not meet that standard. The remaining defendants, Dequavian Snowden and Amos Snowden Jr., are due to stand trial this summer. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3.
And new details coming out about that quadruple murder that happened in Daphne this week. Police Chief uh, Brian Goldsby says when officers got to that home, they found three people dead in the backyard, one person inside the three home. Three of the victims were shot, um, and one victim, we believe at this point, uh, was bludgeoned to death with a, uh, a pickaxe. Jared Smith Bracey is charged with killing his brother, grandparents, and a family friend. Goldsby says officers had arrested Smith Bracey that morning for criminal mischief after bonding out of jail. He allegedly went right back to the home and committed those murders. New bill being uh, a new bill trying to limit how long politicians can stay in office here in the state the of Florida. Legislation would place a cap on term limits for school board members and county commissioners to eight consecutive years. Currently, commissioners have no limits. There are already restrictions for state lawmakers, the governor, and elected cabinet members. Governor Ron DeSantis showed interest in the measure last year. If approved during the legislative session next month, it would take effect in July. Thanks, Joe. Another warm and humid day today with fog in the morning. Watch out for patches of dense fog. Outside of that, temperatures warm up in the afternoon near 80 degrees. As you go overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 67 with dense fog possible through the overnight hours. For Saturday, waking up with some warm weather. Temperatures Saturday afternoon near 78 degrees. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 64. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. Right now, it is 70 degrees, cloudy and foggy in Pensacola, 70 in Gulf Breeze, 71 in Milton. Our next news at 6, breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. What is News Radio 92.3? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR-TV and the News Radio News Team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 92.3 is. Informative, local, dependable. The new year means a new resolution, and one of the sure things on the menu is weight loss. Tune in this Tuesday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as one of the ProHealth team members will be the guest, and we'll be discussing how ProHealth Medical Weight Loss Program can help you during the new year and beyond. Get ready to feel and look better with a ProHealth Medical Weight Loss Program. That's this Tuesday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The Mobile Boat Show opens March 3rd with all the new 2023 boat models and brands in one place for easy comparison shopping. One weekend only at the Mobile Convention Center. It's the biggest indoor show on the Gulf Coast with the best prices of the year on new boats, accessories, tackle, and more. Whether you fish the Gulf or cruise the bay, you'll find a boat that fits your budget. The Mobile Boat Show is the place to find all you need to get out on the water. And it's fun for the whole family. March 3rd through 5th at the Mobile Convention Center. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app.
morning, 537 News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Let's foggy out. Please be careful. Drive with your flashers if it's really bad and if you're going too slow because you can't see anything. Yesterday, we had a chance to talk to a Pensacola Police Department Public Information Officer Mike Wood. Mike, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you. Good morning. Great to have you. So we had a, in the last week, we've now had two really bad things happen on 9th Avenue, right? Yeah, unfortunately, we had a second one early this morning, a second fatality. We had one earlier in the week up at uh, 9th near Hillbrook. This one was near 9th and Lakeview this morning where a single vehicle struck a tree uh, and the sole occupant has been pronounced to see. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a bad week on 9th Avenue. It, it, and neither of these, like, you know, I know 9th Avenue, obviously, it, you know, it's, there's a lot of sort of safety questions about 9th Avenue. But to my way of thinking, Though we are concerned about the red lights and the red light running that takes place, for example, at, uh, you know, Bram Bayou also takes place at uh, Fairfield and Davis is one. And um, I forget, there's there's a third location you guys are always talking about. Is it maybe airport? Um, but neither of these locations is, you know, Hillbrook and Lakeview. I don't think of either of those as being particularly problematic, are they? No, they're not. Um one of them uh, near Hillbrook was a head-on collision. We, we're not sure why the vehicle um, came into the northbound lane and struck a truck head-on. And then there was a tree there last night that you know obviously been there for you know for many years, and, yeah. and we don't know why. And and the, you know those are questions that sometimes never get answered. Yeah, and I mean, and you're just as you say, sometimes unfortunately, you know, bad things, terrible things just happen. Very sadly, um, and you know, and sometimes we always want explanation, right? Whether on their phone, were they speeding, were they distracted somehow, were they, you know, inebriated or something like that? And as you and I know, sometimes people just things happen. That's just unfortunately that's driving life. You guys had a um, uh, a very scary thing happen. It wound up being a joint operation because you guys it happened in the city and then it went into the county. Uh, what took place at the gas station with this truck? Well, it was the Circle K at Aiden Garden and a man uh, pulled his pickup truck up to the store and went inside uh, to pick something up and he turned around and saw another individual jump in his truck that was left running and unsecure uh, with a gun inside. And he ran back out to the truck and uh, tried to grab onto it. He was dragged across the parking lot a little ways before he was eventually able to jump into the bed of the truck. And as soon as he did that, the uh, person that stole the truck saw his gun in the cab of the truck, used it, uh, turned around and started shooting at the owner of the truck with his own gun. Um, they, while that was going on, a uninvolved vehicle was struck on Garden Street. Fortunately, there were no injuries there, but uh, the truck continued westbound on Garden Street, and as soon as it approached Pace, the driver started shooting at the victim again with his own gun. He still did not hit him, fortunately, uh, and then traveled north on Pace. He eventually made a left turn on the Jackson, which is westbound, um, and I believe it was Shoemaker when he uh, was able to jump out of the truck while, again, this man was firing shots at him with his own gun. He was able to run away. Um, and then the Scambia County Sheriff's Department deputy spotted this vehicle. They attempted to stop it. It ran from them, and they eventually were able to get that vehicle stopped a short distance later and make an arrest. Wow. Good Lord. I mean, I knew the story in the sort of the bare 30,000-foot 30 30, view, but I didn't know all of that, like all the multiple different times of the engagement. And the that's a long drive. I mean, that's not just 20 seconds worth of driving. That's a long distance to be in the bed of a truck with a guy in the front with your gun shooting at you repeatedly again. And my, my goodness. Well, thank God he wasn't hurt. And, you know, thank goodness you, you, you apprehended the guy. Sounds like TJ Hooker. Sorry. It, it does. Sorry. You know, like <laughs> Indiana Jones is going to get out his whip and That's throw it. it around the front and go into the truck and everything. You know, it's like, good Lord. 
So um, you said something kind of interesting on Channel 3. You made the comment that, yes, it's horrible what happened to this pickup truck owner, but... But none of it would have happened had he secured his vehicle, uh, took the keys out of it, locked the door. Even if you're going inside of the convenience store for two minutes, you need to shut that vehicle off because it's the law, and you need to secure that vehicle, especially when you have a loaded weapon inside. Uh, If he had done that, then none of this would have happened. This strikes me as the kind of law that I think most people don't know is the law. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. A lot of people don't don't understand that leaving. I mean, you can leave the keys in it with it turned off, and and that's against the law. You can't do that. So, and you know, a lot of insurance companies are not going to cover you that vehicle if it's stolen because you did leave it running. So, you know, there's multiple reasons uh, not to do it. Mainly, it's just it's unsafe. So again, key note for that is this something that because I know you guys and the sheriff's agency, you guys always are doing you know information campaigns, right? And you know one of the big information campaigns over the last as long as I've lived here really has been lock your doors, keep it yours, right? Crucial information, particularly don't leave guns in cars. Um, I mean, in this case, it was a car in the ignition running with the gun. I mean, it was like all the wrong things in a public place around other people. It was all the wrong things. But um, have you ever considered doing a public information campaign about that specifically um, or even enforcement? You know, I, I, it's it seems like the kind of thing where I, I suspect that if you drove around to gas stations on a day, you could probably find some people to ticket about this. Am I, I mean, is this something you guys have considered? Yeah, we've done this before. In fact, we did it in the mid-90s. It was the first time that I know of, and we there was a whole campaign about it. We put videos out about it. In fact, we issued uh, stickers to go on the back of anyone's windshield or rear window that said, if you see this vehicle out after midnight, feel free to stop it. Uh, that gave us permission to stop that vehicle and see who was in it and why it was out. Uh, so we've been, we've been conscious of this for many, many years. Um, but, you know, it's just like telling folks to lock their doors at home. Um, you can say it 100,000 times and somebody's still going to do it. Nobody gets up in the morning thinking that they're going to be a crime victim that day, and maybe they should. It could happen to them, uh, just like car crashes. It could happen to you, and today could be the day. And the way to avoid that as best you can is to, is to be careful and to think about things and, and to um, not be careless. And by the way, I'm a fan of those rear view or rear window stickers. I had one of those when we lived in Arizona, and I thought that was a very good program to deter car theft. So there was an incident down south uh, in Florida this morning that was pretty awful. You had uh, somebody got murdered, and then when the television crew showed up to cover the crime scene, um, I think both, one cameraman and one reporter, but I know the reporter for sure, uh, also wound up getting murdered by this person. And I think there was another person involved in this. It was sort of an ongoing repeated crime scene, but um, pretty awful events, uh, obviously very horrible events. But it's a reminder that, you know, journalists, especially television journalists are out covering crime scenes or just covering stories in general. That can be unsafe. One of the things I appreciate about you is you have always offered very proactively that if we ever need accompaniment to go cover uh, an event, you'll you'll do that. Yeah, you know, you've got to think about it this way. You, you and the members of the media are part of this community. You're community members, and we offer um, to go with members of the community to assure the peace every single day. And that extends to the members of the media as well. If they're recovering a story to where they feel uncomfortable or unsafe, uh, we can go to that scene with them and make sure everything is okay. Uh, I hate what happened in Orlando. You had a nine-year-old girl shot. Her mother's in the hospital. Uh, the, the reporter was uh, killed, and uh, the photographer is in 
critical condi- uh, condition. And this was a case where the uh, killer returned to the scene of a crime. And it's not very often you see that um, with, with homicides. But I investigated arsons for several years, and an arsonist will almost always come back to the scene of a crime uh, of the fire. So that was unusual. But uh, but the point here is, if it, up to the media, if any of you ever feel uncomfortable, give us a call, and, and we'll send an officer with you. Oh, I, I, I know appreciate that, and our other folks do as well. Uh, just on the arson thing, is I assume that's because arson is basically categorized as a sex crime because it's uh, thrilling and exciting and they want to experience the thrill of seeing it. Is that right on the on the arson? Absolutely. That's that, that's 100 percent right. You know, they want they want to see the trucks come in. They want to see what they did. They want to see the damage they caused. And and um, for some reason or another, it, it comes back to a sexual thing in nature. So, um, yeah, you're, you're right about that. Yeah, that's what I had thought I had heard. And so I appreciate the, you know, the insight. And Candy's blown away. She had not heard that before. So, no, and yeah. I watch like CSI all the time. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's yeah, wild. it's a pretty it's a pretty weird world out wow. there sometimes. Mike, we like to end yeah, on a uh, cop know, myth or a did you know uh, you have anything for us this week? Yeah, this one is. I was asked about this this week, and I never even thought about it. And I've been in law enforcement a long time, but why does Florida only require one license plate on the back of a car when other states require two? And you know, and I looked into that, and there's really no reason. Uh, you know, back 1918 to 1922, 1918 they were required in Florida. In 1922, they got rid of um, the requirement to have both. Uh, so it was mainly to have them on the front and back of cars is for law enforcement to be able to identify the car easier. Uh, but nowadays, you know, these uh, license plate readers are popping up all over the country. Um, if we need to find a vehicle, a lot of times we can do it that way. And that reader is going to read both directions, which will get that back tag. So, um, you know, and it's going to cost you a little bit more in states to register your car that require two tags. So uh, we're fortunate here in Florida that we don't have them. Yeah, I've lived in both states and uh, I just I like being able to put my own plate on the front. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of a fun thing. Uh, Mike Wood, he is a public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Uh, great information this morning. As always, Mike, we'll talk to you again next week, sir. Thank you. Take care. 750 here on News Radio 90. Absolutely. Sorry. Absolutely. 547 here on News Radio 923. Again, it is foggy. Please be careful when you're driving. It is Pensacon Day all weekend long at Pensacon. Of course, the uh, Sunbelt Conference starts on Tuesday, so that's going to be good stuff. Tomorrow is the uh, Habitat, the Pensacola Habitat Food Truck Festival, which I will be at. Starts at 10, uh, both Saturday and Sunday, so stop by there and support a great organization. Uh, follow Pensacola Habitat for Humanity on Facebook to get more information about that. Independence for the Blind, the annual eyeball, March 11th. I'm emceeing that 6 o'clock at the Hilton on Pensacola Beach, the ballroom there. Change lives by sponsoring a table or purchasing tickets and help us get the great programming that Independence for the Blind provides for all of our local folks. Uh, find out more at newsradio923.com. We also have the VITA program, the free tax assistance program for anybody earning less than $60,000 a year. United Way of West Florida, volunteer-driven, located at PSC campuses and Goodwill on Olive Road. But call 211 to schedule your time to participate in that program. And finally, Pensacola Symphony Orchestra prevents Verdi Requiem this Saturday, the 25th at the Sanger Theater. The orchestra will join forces with four celebrated soloists and more than 120 voices from the Hattiesburg Choral Union. Tickets are on sale now. Find out more, as always, about everything at News Radio 923. Dot com. You know, if you are getting ready to do a project in your house to fix something or to upgrade or to remodel, or you're a professional, like you build houses for a living, it doesn't really matter where you are on this spectrum. If you're the, um, you know, the unthrilled recipient of a honeydew list item <laughs> or 
you do this stuff for a living or anywhere in between, Pensacola Hardware. Like, these folks are genuinely experts about everything relating to hardware. Of course, they have it in stock. They don't have to order it because they know what you're going to need. If they don't have it, you don't need it. I mean, they're that good because they know after doing this for so long. Since 1851, the oldest business in the entire state of Florida, they have been around. They know how to do They know how to give you the advice to do it. Whatever the case is, if you've got a hardware need or a question or a project, Pensacola Hardware is your place for expertise right downtown at 20 East Gregory Street. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate. Managing staff, growing your business, training new hires and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. An IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, submitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing. These are words you hear a lot about in today's world, but what exactly do they mean? How do you get started? Where do you get started? Well, you can start by tuning in to the Pensacola Expert Panel this Monday at 9 a.m. Join me, Tasca King, and I'll show you how to navigate the changing and fast-growing landscape of digital advertising. That's Monday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Are you curious about marijuana? Florida A&M University established the Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, also known as MARI, to educate the public about medical marijuana use as well as the detrimental health and social impacts of unlawful marijuana use on local communities. Find out more at mmeri.famu.edu. Trying to find a great steak for dinner? At Costello's Butcher Shop in Delhi, you'll find a selection of specialty and exotic meats. From choice to Wagyu, great briskets, pork, and all the seasonings to go with it. All cut to order at Costello's. From fine wine to cheeses and desserts. Even Boar's Head Lunch Sandwiches made fresh from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And free lunch for the kiddos, too. So for the best meats, top deli items, and Italian family hospitality, it's got to be Costello's Butcher Shop in Delhi. A great place to meet up and wine all you want on the west side of Pensacola. From county commissioner meetings to the blues, Andrew covers it all on your morning drive on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Scotty, be me up. To boldly go where no man has gone before. It's like if you had a ghost singing opera for your theme song. And it's the most wonderful. <laughs> right? Nice. Yeah. Not That's just my karaoke on jam. note and on tone. Well <laughs> That's done. It, yeah. Well done. Congratulations. 552. Jenna's not the only trained opera That's singer. right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, and I'm also not in that category, just to be clear. When the question comes Have up, who's tried? a trained professional opera singer, the answer is not Andrew McKay. That's the oh, there you go. For. Sure, sure. You know what I've been watching recently? I just I've been kind of wanting to do this Star for Trek? forever. Oh. Next generation. TNG, yeah, B- it's B- good. B- isn't BBC it? has them all, and they kind of go through it over. And I, I finally set up the tape the other day, and uh, sorry to record. Old people say tape. Anyway, um, to record on my DVR, and right. uh, God, it's such a good show. It really, really, really is. It such is. A Picard great show. and Kirk are different. It's a good show. It's a different show. I like totally it. Different I love shows. TNG. It's exactly right. And I had, um, I'll just, I'll go ahead and admit it in public. I'd forgotten about Deanna Troy. Isn't she so beautiful? Like She's so Just beautiful. Like that. Absolutely. David, <laughs> David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? 
Parts of Southern California seeing snow for the first time in years, including near the iconic Hollywood sign. Uh, Mount Lee apparently got uh, a dusting of snow as well. Milwaukee will be hosting the first Republican 2024 presidential primary debate this August. The New York Times is reporting that the uh, Republican National Committee made that decision on Thursday to hold the party's first debate uh, in the city where it'll be uh, holding the Republican National Convention next year. Former uh, President Donald Trump and U.N. Ambassador and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley are the only two major candidates who have declared so far. And some countries will be seeing cheaper prices for Netflix. Not us, though. Uh, The Wall Street Journal is reporting that uh, Netflix is going to be lowering their subscription costs in countries in Latin America, Asia, the Middle East, and Sub-Saharan Africa. So if you want to say why it does. Well, it says it's a response to strained consumer spending. So, so if you want to lower your afford. Netflix we, we, costs. So we're doing better. We can afford to pay more. They're not doing as well. They can't afford to pay as much. Exactly. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, look, uh, although at first it looks a little bit, little bit like racism, um, <laughs> you know, anti-white racism. Well, look, all you got to do if you want to save two bucks on your Netflix no, subscription but is that's move just to market, Africa. That's just market conditions. <laughs> Did you say go to Africa and get cheaper Netflix? I did. Nice. If you're really dedicated, you know, if you really want to do something, 554. Really need the Queen's Gambit. Hello. <laughs> Nairobi. Yeah, right. right. Oh, that's funny. David, thanks so much for the update. Uh, 437-1620. Oh, you know, on Tuesday, uh, we talked to um, Alex Andrade about his uh, revision of the uh, defam- anti-def- uh, revision of the defamation law statutes here in Florida and really a challenge to New York Times versus Sullivan. And you've probably seen a lot of that uh, in other news outlets since then as well. Uh, oh, my God. The, um, <laughs> I've, I've been looking. I've been kind of curious to see how national outlets deal with this. And it hasn't made a lot of them, but it has made, for example, like Politico and um, oh, what was the other one? Oh, a Reason. Reason Magazine did a thing on this libertarian uh, organization. And pretty much the universal consensus on all the media outlets that I've seen so far is, how dare he? <laughs> He's awful. Here's a here's a couple of the the, the quick headlines. I'll just share them with you because I, I thought they were kind of uh, interesting just to see the the criticism of him. Um, the, the freedom uh, the sorry, the foundation for individual rights and expression fire. Florida bill attacking New York Times versus Sullivan would spell disaster for free speech. Um, Ron DeSantis wants to rewrite defamation law. That's from Reason Magazine. That's a relatively reasonable one um those accused of discrimination would have new protections under florida law those accused of discrimination would have new protections um tampa bay times the uh let's see uh, censoring dissent florida gop wants to make it easier for officials like desantis to sue critics that's from salon.com no friend of governor desantis obviously uh desantis wants to roll back press freedoms with an eye toward overturning supreme court ruling uh, from Politico, and uh, it just they, they kind of go on like everywhere you look for it, you find that basic same tone. So the concern that most of them have, and I actually share some of this concern, is the way it, it deals with anonymous sources, that basically if you use an anonymous source, if you only use one, that's presumptively false in defamation cases. That doesn't mean that it is false. That means that if you're going to talk about, you know, you, you can't claim truth as a defense if you use only one anonymous source, that's the idea in order to discourage people from using only one anonymous source. Now, if you corroborate with another source, if you use two anonymous sources, that changes things. Also, it eliminates some of the journalistic privilege, which is that you do not have to disclose your anonymous sources. You still don't have to. Okay, you still don't have to. But if you don't, 
and, and there's no way you could force them to anyway, but you still don't have to. But if you don't, then it changes the burden of proof standard involved in successfully litigating a defamation cl- uh, claim. And again, I, see, I talked about this with Alex on Tuesday, and I am sure that an awful lot of media folks are freaking out over this. I'm not. I, I think that if you do your job, <laughs> you know, if you do your job properly, this doesn't scare me because this is all stuff we do anyway. This is how you're supposed to do it. All it's basically doing is trying to get rid of people from doing the bad stuff and the wrong stuff. At least that's my read. Uh, so anyway, it's been interesting to see how he's been getting criticized uh, and or attacked, uh, you know, and but, you know, that's fine. It's politics. We disagree about things. No big deal. 557 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, I saw this other head, headline. This one this one had to make me laugh. It was so funny. Um, you know the conversation about books and, you know, eliminating certain books from public libraries and all that, which we talked extensively about over the last two days. We're not going to get back into the, the substance of all that. I just thought it was um, a particularly interesting headline for the PNJ to run where they um, <laughs> the headline is, Book Purge Begins in Escambia Classrooms as Some Titles Are Pulled from Shelves. Okay. Um, <laughs> book purge begins. Um, what the article, if you read it, says that they were taking books off of shelves because there's this requirement that every book be inventoried and listed as approved. And so, if you have books that are in your on your class shelf that have not been approved, uh, especially the ones, particularly as the story points out, that you can't scan easily. And it's a very time-consuming process to scan the books. But if you can't scan those books, they have to be entered into uh, in, entered in manually. Well, you take them out until you can enter them manually and then put them back because they get approved. Like the notion that this is somehow the the forewarning of the red dawn of the American decline of literature is that's <laughs> a bit much for me. But in any case, you know, I'm assuming all of these books will go back on the shelves because, as is appropriate, they've been taught for so many years and they're perfectly good and fine. They just some of them are just too old that they're not able to be scanned in the way that would make things quicker so just i don't know it's it's fascinating to me the way people talk about certain issues and of course the way my industry chooses to cover certain things 437 1620 um what's the other thing i was going to oh hey we've got leah thompson Normally we have the wrap at 8:35. What? This morning from we back have to the future, the actress. That's right. She's gonna. She's yeah. here for and she's gonna join us at 8:35 this morning. Local talk in the morning, five to nine, with Andrew McKay is on News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. Charges have been dropped against three of the men accused in the Ladarius Clarity murder. We'll have more on that right after this update from Fox News on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Marking one year of war in Ukraine. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. That's their national anthem and a memorial for the tens of thousands killed since Russia invaded. We need to do everything in our power to do, um, uh, to not allow Russia to um, occupy Ukraine. That's President Vladimir Zelensky he says they have to win the war this year, but Russia is showing no signs of stopping. And on this anniversary, 
fear that Russia could just set off missiles across the country. That's why a lot of schools are going remote today, businesses as well, and people being told, avoid crowds. It's quiet so far now. Fox's Steve Harrigan in Kyiv. The U.S. announced another $2 billion in military aid for Ukraine. Among that aid will be a lot of artillery, especially ammunition. Now, as far as the U.N., Secretary of State Antony Blinken will go to a United Nations Security Council meeting the day after a resolution was passed calling on Russia to stop the war. North Korea launched more missiles. Here's Fox's Jonathan Savage. Pyongyang says its four cruise missiles flew for nearly three hours, drawing oval and figure-eight patterns over the sea, South Korea disputing some of those details. This is the U.S. and South Korea work together on military simulations to deal with North Korea's nuclear threat. It was a long, cold night across Michigan, more than 700,000 homes and businesses remain without power and heat for many after an ice storm. Oh, I just hope everybody is fortunate enough to stay warm. She's in Livonia. There are blizzard warnings in parts of Nevada and Southern California. For the first time in more than three years, Florida killed a killer. But before Donald Dilbeck was executed last night for two murders in 1990, he had some unusual last words, saying he knows he hurt people and really messed up. Then 